Welcome to the Joyful Miles Podcast, the podcast that is all about inspiring you to enjoy life one mile at a time. I'm your host, Rob, and joining me this week, we have Laura. Hello, everybody. And Jackie. Hi. And of course, we've been doing nothing but talking about dopey training. So uh, again, being a little more than a week away when this comes out? No. No, two, no we got like three. How many weeks is it? It's two weeks. Three, three, three weeks today. Thinking. As of taping, today yeah. is the, uh, what's today's date, anybody? 12th? Uh, uh, yes, yeah. the 12th. Three weeks, three weeks from today that we're taping, we'll be on the airplane heading to Florida. So, for, right, today so just in three weeks Tuesday. away uh, <laughs> from, from getting, getting to Florida for Dopey. Uh, so we thought this week we'd answer some Dopey-related questions that have been uh, tossed around by a lot of our listeners. Uh, but before that, hot off the presses, ladies. Um, the Chicago Marathon just announced um, all of their applica- applications that were approved, and I was approved. Um, we're running the Chicago Marathon in October with a lot of you. Um, I know some of our um, group, I know Chris Savio, who's been on the show before, was also selected. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll all be there uh, in October, Columbus Day weekend. And if any of our other listeners have gotten in, we'd love to hear it. And maybe we can schedule a little meetup. But we got some time to think about that but just wanted a little plug. Well, nice. Congratulations to you, Chris, and everybody. That's awesome. Yeah. First time doing Chicago. I'll be cheering for you from home. Maybe I'll fly down and watch if I have nothing else going on. We'll see. Chicago's yeah. a good one to get to. Yeah, I haven't really been I wish Chicago. you could, like, sign up after all, your, after all your friends get in. I wish they would be like, okay, you late people, that <laughs> you pay a little more, but if you want to join, you can. I don't know. I'm having fun. the F-O-M-O. I know. All right. Darn. So the race MV application. <laughs> so lottery one we're in and then um, on, to, on to New York again. We'll see, see if we have success there. But um, so anyway, so uh, to get back to Dopey, uh, Laura, we have some questions uh, that we want to answer from our followers. Yeah, we had a lot of great ones. Um, uh, some uh, people who posted on our Joyful Miles running, running Club Facebook group. Wow, I'm already after a good start here, aren't I? <laughs> and the first one is from uh, Jen Sorensen, who, by the way, contributed this really lovely blog post that we just shared um, today, actually, the 12th, about her weight loss journey and finding happiness through running. Uh, just definitely go out and check that out. Rob, I'm sure we'll put the, the link, link in the, the show, show notes. notes. Really sweet. She's been through a lot, and I totally appreciate her sharing her story. So thank you, Jen. And thank you for the questions, too. She has a bunch here. So the first one is personal tips to how for how to overcome the wall during the marathon. Because all I know we're just uh, another runner hitting the wall. That just came to me. Did you just make that up? Did you just freestyle I that? I just made that up that was gorgeous um so i don't know about you guys my very first marathon i ran alone you know i didn't expect to run alone i'm usually a social runner and i think i hit the wall at around mile 15 i think for for the disney world marathon it was my goofy for me what i do is honestly i slow down sometimes gotta walk a bit and I start texting people. So I know people probably totally think this is a bad answer, but I just like reach out, make a call, call someone, get my mind distracted from what I'm feeling. And that works for me very well. But again, I'm not a, a serious runner. I'm not necessarily going for time. I had a similar That's experience great. in New York. Um, 
and, and like, you know, not, I wasn't texting, but I was checking in on Facebook and stuff um, a little more often around that time uh, and after and just seeing the, the posts and the support and the people that were tracking me, encouraging me. Uh, and that was huge because uh, like you said, Jackie, I was by myself. I was alone, uh, not having that support um, and running in a group uh, really helped me get through the physical pain I was feeling um, at about mile 16, 17, uh, which is also when I tend to hit my wall. I think it's also too important to know when that wall is for you. I think if you know it going in, you can kind of anticipate it. Uh, makes it yeah. a little easier to overcome. Um, you know, if if, if you if you haven't trained enough, you're not sure when that's going to be. It can really surprise you, uh, and it can really derail you and defeat you. And it's it, it can be hard to overcome. But if you know going in, okay, mile 15, 16 is where I'm going to start to struggle and, and try to get through those last 10, 11 miles. Uh, you can mentally prepare for it, and it's a lot easier to overcome. I think for dopey, a lot of, a lot of people, it, it's when I call it the highway of death. And that's like <laughs> mile, like 13 to 17 before you hit wide world of sports. Um, you know, it's just a boring highway stretch. So if you're doing dopey, be prepared for that. Um, and then I hear a lot of people talk about why world of sports. That's where they hit it. Uh, that tends to be about three miles long. I personally like that portion of the race, but I know a lot of people don't. So keep that in mind for well. dopey. <laughs> I love it. It reminds me of when my boys play travel baseball. I, I yeah. love it. I think it's just a really pretty place. I hit mine um, during the 2015 Goofy. It's when Jackie and I did the Goofy Challenge. And um, I made the big mistake of not eating enough. And I started to feel myself break down a little bit at 17, um, but I powered through. But then when we came to mile 25, <laughs> when we were already in episode, I, I felt myself shutting down. I was nauseous. I was shaky. Uh, my body was locking up. And um, I was running with our friend, Ginny, who is a beast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ginny is a beast. She does like these, you know, 100K races and all that. And, you know, I said the one thing that I did not want to say to her, and that is I have to slow down, you know, because I'm older than her. I had a little bit of pride going on. And she just looked at me and she's like, nope, you're fine. Let's keep going. Oh, and she was very stern and it was the absolute best thing she could have done for me because we had 1.2 miles to go. It was not time to, to slow down and it got my competitive spirit up and, you know, I was like, all right, let's go. So I, I kind of think a good response is to get angry. I, I mean, I was pissed. Sorry. I know we try to keep our language clean on this, but I was pissed at myself for breaking down at 25. So, you know, get angry. Be, be like, uh, uh no way. Not happening. Not today. I have paid too much money for this race. I have worked too hard. I'm just going to keep on going. And of course it goes without saying it's had I been in serious trouble, she would have been sympathetic, you know, but I was, it was just, you know, a mental type of a thing for me, but yeah. So so that's what I do now. I just like get mad at myself and be like, uh-uh, nope, we're going. So, so there you go. Cool. All right. Number two from Jen is how to deal with post-marathon goofy or dopey withdrawal, <laughs> which is a great question. It kind of makes me laugh because I don't, right now we're all going through this. Oh, it's so hard keeping up with training with the mm. holidays and everything else. I don't anticipate having withdrawal, but it does happen. Yeah. It does. I, I, you know, I, I haven't had a ton of it at, at races, but I, I did notice it after New York. After running New York, I was anxious to do my next one. And that's, that's always important, having that next race kind of planned uh, and, and also keep you on point. And I think that's the mistake I made <clears throat> coming out of Marathon in 2016 is I didn't have anything other than dark side. 
Um, and that, that's like a four month gap. So it's, um, it, it kind of left me in a place where I, I wasn't really training and focused on anything. But if you keep, if you can kind of keep that next race in the, in the, you know, planned and ready to go, like, I mean, I'm trying to already load up my calendar for the whole year. So I don't fall into that rut of coming out of a race with nothing planned. I think that's, that's very important to kind of keep you on point and keep you, keep you going. Completely agree. The best way is sign up for another race and don't make it too, like you said, don't make it too far away. Even if it's like a, a 10 mile or even a 5k sometimes just keep going. And, and if you like traveling and you like, to me, that's, this is why I do this is to travel and see friends, you know, recruit some of your friends, find one you can all do together and plan another trip. Cause to me, it's not just the race. It's the trip. It's the planning. It's, you know, knowing we're all going to get to hang out together. So definitely hope we get to do some more next year after Dopey. So I don't feel. Yeah. I'm not only one here that's doing princess and actually the timing for princess is perfect. It's about what, six to seven weeks after uh, marathon weekend. It's enough time to take a little bit of a recovery week and then just maintain your, your training for this half marathon weekend. So that, that like kind of helps with the withdrawal. Also, um, I know Jen is a blogger. She has the blog, A Quilting Jewel, because she's a big quilter. You know, writing about it or doing a recap is kind of like a good way to not only, you know, embrace the memories, but also share it with others. So that's what we like to do as well. So, all right. Last question from Jen is favorite bathrooms along the course. One of my favorite. I'm going to say definitely one of mine is anytime you can go inside and not use a porta potty. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I remember the one course I was coming up, Magic Kingdom, and you make a right near like the noodle, the noodle station. Yeah, I guess right. Tomorrowland. And Tomorrowland. I and that's kind of a good like stretch out of the course like it's a good little haul away off course and I get all the way there and the line was so long mm -hmm. so don't I avoid that one because that tends to be like the first one in Magic Kingdom and a lot of people are running and you can't really see the line when you're coming in so that is when I say avoid and I say wait a little bit longer um I think I hit the one right near Pinocchio yeah Pinocchio's is one of my favorites where the teacups yeah. are is that the one you're talking about or no, no that's that's near the castle, right? Yeah, near the carousel. Is on the other side of the carousel. Yeah, near the carousel. And there was there's a bench there, at least there was, and I was actually my first one. I stopped and had to put a band-aid on, a blister band-aid. So I that one I tend to stop and there's a lot of stalls in there because you don't want to stand in line on top of stopping. So but if you really have to pee when you're entering Magic Kingdom, I definitely agree with Jackie with about missing the first one in Tomorrowland. But when you go through Tomorrowland and you make that left and you head towards the teacups, there is one to the left that is not as common or well-known. And a bonus, if you're running with a friend and if you see a, if a, there's a character line there, have the friend wait in line for the picture and you zoom off for the bathroom break. And also, whenever you're in the park, there's always going to be a lot of cast members cheering. Ask them where the closest bathroom is, and they can always, always tell you in, in case you forget. But I think my favorite and my, one of my biggest tips is when you get through to, when you come to Epcot finally near the end, and you first enter, I always like to take a break and hit a bathroom then. That way I have it out of the way before I finish, because I'm not worried about time if you're worried about your PR maybe this isn't the best idea but I like to take a second to just regroup you know check my costume readjust because I don't like finishing and then having to go through the shoot and get my pictures and then waiting until I actually 
can hit a porta pot. So that actually would be my favorite yeah. if I had to pick a favorite bathroom to use. So there you go. We should actually like mark up on the maps where yeah, some I'm good just bathrooms that, are. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to remember like how, how the course goes because if like you're going through Animal Kingdom, I know typically you come in through Africa. And didn't we go out of Dino Land? Yes, I went and to the bathroom there, right? <laughs> I love the bathrooms in Dino yeah. because yes. no one was in there. I had a wardrobe malfunction and I needed to take care of that in that bathroom. It's funny, I remember that. Yeah, there's, there's another one when you go through the entrance there to the left, but that usually is a little bit more busy. crowded. Yeah, that one's very busy. People so don't think about the Dino like, one. Just past Dinosaur. Um, yeah, attraction. right before you leave. Animal Kingdom, pretty much. So yeah. get through all Animal Kingdom, and right as you're, it's right across from Primeval World. And actually, there was like a little uh, gift shop open. I think I bought it there. Yeah, the gift shop's right there, and I like it because they're huge. Um, so um, you're right around mile thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, and the the, the best thing about those bathrooms that I love is the music they play. So they <laughs> play like this radio station. Oh yeah, to- we love the Dino music. And it's all like these Dino-related uh, songs, like you know. Um, <laughs> It's the end of the world as we know it, and um, so it's it's a lot of fun. It's a nice little distraction. I love yeah. that area. It gets a bad rap. I, I you know it, it's very yeah. I like it. Now, what about Hollywood Studios? I would recommend that if you have don't make the mistake I did. I was like, oh, I'm fine. I don't have to go to the bathroom again because after you leave Hollywood Studios, it is a while until you have a real bathroom again. So you definitely want to hit up one of those before you leave. Yeah, when you so uh, when you go into the studios, you go in through t- uh, over by Tower and then down Sunset towards Hollywood Boulevard, as you're going down Sunset on the left, there's like a little alleyway. Uh, And there's bathrooms there that aren't too bad. They're a little small, so I don't know how crowded they get. Um, The other option would be to go next to Rock and Roller Coaster. And I think, Laura, we used those for one and nine the year we did it. uh, And there was nobody there. Yeah, (laughs) It was almost like, you know, people didn't realize they were there. So um, I don't think I've ever stopped in Hollywood Studios. But one year we were staying at um, Beach Club or Boardwalk, and I had the key, and I had to go. So I used – there's the bathroom literally right there by the pool, and I used my room key and went in there. But those are – only a few of you can use those. There um, you go. But, All right, so that's, so that's a good question. Uh, we're going to move on now to a question asked by our friend Kristen Wentworth, and she says she would like some advice for when to wake up and get to the corrals now that they are doing mini waves in bigger corral groups. That's a big concern now that the event guide is out and they went from having what P like going through A through P yes. for corrals, And now that they're, they're ending on what again? Um, There's eight. So a, B, C, H, D, H, I think. H. Is yeah. The last one. I, I, I'm a little, I'm disappointed in this because I'm someone who loves and we always advocate getting there early, doing the pre pre rice atmosphere, seeing characters. We love the music and the stage and the announcers, but honestly, like, I don't know. I worry that now that's going to dip into like our time on the course, standing in lines for characters, especially for like the 5k and 10k. You want to get like, you want to get a jump start. So being in the front of your corral is going to be a huge difference to being in the back. I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't done it yet, but I feel like I'm going to go as early as I can. And it's a especially longer walk than a half and full. It is, it is a substantial walk to there for the corrals for the 5k and the 10k. It's going to be, a lot closer so that will have a big plan to it so I would just decide what your priority is I mean the one thing that we do say is if you're taking the bus always get to the bus station 15 minutes before the service starts so for example if it starts at 3 I would be there at 245 that way at least as far as you know leaving waking up 
allow yourself some time, however long it takes for you to get there at that time. Um, one of our Joyful Miles members, also uh, Heather McGowan, said that she read on a blog post that corrals open up 1.5 hours prior to race starts for the halves and full. Oh my God, so that's a that's long time to be That's a sick. long time. I know. And, and what about going to the bathroom if you're solo and you leave? You know, at yeah. least if you have a partner, you the other person can that's hold your so spot. Early. It's a, one girl on um, Facebook, I think it was a bigger group, commented that a couple of years ago at one of the, the races, a girl had um, a float from a pool, like a raft, a cheap raft, and she brought it to the corral to sit on. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, people are going to have like tents. So it's going to be like Black Friday shopping, you know, where you used to have the tents laid out before yeah. the stores would open, back before, you know, they opened on Thanksgiving. But like, I, sw I feel, especially like the full, people are going to be nervous. You're going to be there early. Especially the fall, I think. But I think for most of the races, you know race, what I mean. Do you guys agree? Well, I think for most of the races, the buses don't even start till three thirty. Uh, I think I read on the event guide that all the all the buses except all the races except for uh, the full will start at three thirty. The full wow. uh, starts at three. So, so fifteen minutes after that, really, unless you have a car, what? So fifteen minutes after that, because they said what an hour and forty five minutes you said, or hour and a half? They opened the corrals. Hour and a half. Races so start race at five thirty. So that means, oh, 5.30, sorry. Okay, so at 4 o'clock, they'll open the corrals up. So that gives you, if we get there around 3.30, a half hour to hang out. It just, it's, I, I'm disappointed in it just because I feel like it takes away part of what I like. Yeah, it's one of those things like, I was thinking this on, on, the, on my last trip doing the Christmas party, and I love the Christmas party and everything, but the, there's like this frenzy that gets created about having to line up for things early, right? So if you want to meet some of the, the more important characters, you got to get, you have to line up at like four o'clock when you get your wristband, you know, and who wants to wait in the line for two hours to two and a half hours to <laughs> just waste yeah. all that time. And it's the same thing with marathon. Like now we're saying we have to wait an hour and a half in our corral, which is a ton of time to be sitting around before a race. I know it's not good. You know, I almost, almost risk not getting to the corrals too early to avoid that. Right. Like, so I know you kind of risk getting pushed to the back of your corral, but it's almost like the difference. Like, if there's four waves, that's the difference between being in, say, the old way, corral E to corral E F G H. Like that's a big difference. If I, you know, was running it last year and I was in corral E, I'd feel way further ahead than corral H. But technically, you're taking four of them, putting them all in one. I don't, I don't like it. Hmm. I should be announcing it soon. I guess I'll wait and see what we get. Right? I don't. We know. should be getting those soon. Yeah. So, so this week, I'd imagine. Okay, so uh, Mark, I'm not going to try your last name. I'm just going to say Mark Z. I don't want to mess it up. He's asking about having food delivered to our resorts, like whether Garden Grocer is better or Amazon Prime. And this is a, a good question because Jackie and I actually placed an order for Amazon, I mean, uh, with Garden Grocer for our room. And then our friend Steven was saying how Amazon Prime is so much better. So I really don't have a lot of experience in this. Uh, Jackie, did you have a chance to look in and see if they were cheaper through um, Amazon or not? The one thing I looked at was uh, we wanted smart water. And with Garden Grocer, I think we had to order a case. Wasn't it like 24 waters? And I, with Prime, you can get a six-pack and or even a single bottle and they're reasonable to what they are in, in the stores here so a big bottle of smart water was like 159 
So I don't know. Part of me thinks it might be better because are we buying more than we need? Are we spending extra? I, we do have to look through it a little more. Um, we have used Garden Grocer in the past. So we are happy with it. Yes. But at the same time, we are on a tight budget. So <laughs> any chance to save money, I'm all for it. So. Yeah, I've used Garden Grocer before too. Super convenient. You certainly pay a premium on things. Um, limited selection. You don't get a huge selection on, on everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know how, how that compares to Amazon. I haven't used Amazon before, but I mean, Garden Grocer works. They're a local company. Uh, they deliver to all the resorts. Um, I don't know. Again, I, we're, we probably should have researched what the cost is versus Amazon. Maybe we can look into that later on <laughs> in, in post one, comparison. One perk about the Amazon is you can order the day of. I know yes. you pay a little extra, but say you realize, oh, crap, I need something for tomorrow. Um, you can call and you get it you know, the same day. Or the next with, day. So. With Garden Grocery, you have to schedule your, your delivery time, and it's not always convenient to you. Exactly. They may be full up for a certain time slot. You know, they, they, they could be limited in, in what they offer you. So, I think Stephen um, said he, he orders when he's on the Magical Express. He waits till he gets there, and then he, that's his thing he does while he's on the Magical Express is he orders everything he's going to need. Now, the, so. they will hold it for you. They will hold you. So if you're not at your room, they can hold it for you at Bell Services. Uh, and I believe they can keep all, all your food refrigerated too. Yes. But I know the resort started charging for handling fees for deliveries mm -hmm. and like for packages, like I think it's like five or $10 a package that gets delivered to your, your room. I don't know if the, the same applies for groceries. I haven't done it since they've initiated this uh, policy. Oh, wow. We should probably look into that a little bit more too and mm -hmm. maybe get some more information out there. I didn't know that. It's good to know. So that's going to be a, a to be determined. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll address this later on. Very fluid situation here. <laughs> <laughs> but if anyone has any type of input, we would love to hear it. You know, come over to the Joyful Miles Running Club or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and let us know your thoughts. I'm sure somebody will correct us and they're screaming in their headphones right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just like I do when I listen to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> you dumb people. <laughs> Okay, so we have three questions from our friend Kevin Bull, who will be doing his uh, first Dopey Challenge here coming up. And his first question is, what we do about restocking on bars, water, Gatorade, it kind of goes into with the garden grocer. Um, I thought we would go ahead and, and chat about the kind of things that we do order um, and what we actually bring with us for the races as far as food. All right. Go ahead, Laura. Your yeah. list is probably the longest. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, I mean, the one thing that's so important while you're doing training and all these, you know, heavy miles, which we've all passed already, um, you know, basically on all the different training plans, is you discover how much food that you need to get through a big race and a big race weekend. I know for me, I, I need like two times more food than you guys do. So um, I always pre-order um, bagels and smart water gatorade i'm a big gatorade fan over powerade and then i will be bringing with me um nature nature grain oh my gosh and it's it's the afternoon i cannot blame late at night for <laughs> my stumbles here um, i bring nature valley granola bars um mini lara bars which are awesome uh protein recovery bars packs of almonds packs of raisins and then, you know, before each race, I'm going to have an oatmeal as well as a bagel with peanut butter. And then for each race, I'll bring um, goose, 
usually enough goose or sports beans uh, for like every 40 minutes. And then I'll bring the mini Lara bars and I'll actually, Stephen, our friend Stephen again, meet me on the course once more at about, what was that, Rob? The bridge. That was like 7, 15, I think 15. 15, 15? Right yeah. Okay, yeah. He'll bring um, another bagel with me with peanut butter plus a full bottle of Gatorade because the Powerade, I can handle it for a half marathon, but for a full marathon, oh, it just, ugh, it makes me sick and nauseous and I ready to chunk. So, so yeah, I mean, that, again, getting into the wall topic, that was my biggest mistake was not eating enough because you're excited and and, you know, you just don't think and you're having fun with your friends and all of a sudden, boom, you're hungry and the well is empty and it's too late to refill it. You're, you already feel like you're starting to crash. So I really try to stay ahead of that and make sure I eat enough. And oh, I, for the Nature Valley, I love to have one like an hour pre-race. I think that's like perfect for me. So I'll actually have two meals before the start of the fall. So I'm sorry, that's a long answer, but this cat <laughs> needs a lot of food. And I've learned my lesson the hard way. So, but you definitely want to go by, you know what you need. You know, don't listen to me because eating too much is just as bad as eating too little. So I'll let you guys take over now. <laughs> I'm a minimalist. I've said this before. I don't like to run with a lot of things. Typically before a race, early in the morning, I'm not a huge breakfast guy usually. I usually have a Metrix bar first thing in the morning. They're a little bigger. They can kind of sustain me a little bit longer. Um, <clears throat> so I'll have one of those at some point pre-race. And that's about it. I try to avoid coffee uh, before a race. Um, just making sure I'm you know, hydrated. And then as far as what I run with, basically just some sports beans. Maybe like a few packs of sports beans and that's it. Um, I don't really need anything else other than just the water. Um, you know, they'll have banana stops and you know, those are always good to load up on. Um, so <clears throat> that, that's really all I, I need to, to get through a race. Um, the last thing I want is any cramping or, um, just anything that's going to upset my stomach. I used to use the goose, but the goose started not agreeing with me. So I, I avoid those now. Mm -hmm. I, am more like Rob. I think I, uh, I'll have a nature Valley granola bar before a race. If someone has, has one they want to share with me. <laughs> I usually, it's just something you, I don't think about. See the picture I'm putting on Instagram with all the crap I'm bringing. <laughs> I guess it's, it's, I'm very lucky. Like I usually have travel with some really well-prepared people. And then, um, I, I think Megan introduced me to honey stingers. I love the salted caramel ones. So I will bring a honey stinger, maybe two, I think two for the race. Other than that, I'll just use what Disney provides. So um, I know for, according to the map, there's going to be five different food stations, two of which gives out bananas, two that are going to give out sports beans, which will most likely be the little mini packs again, like we got Jackie for Disneyland, and then one with candy. And I, I'm not quite certain what they had last year, but I know the two years prior, it was like those little mini Hershey mm -hmm. where you could choose whether you want it like Mr. Good Bar or like the regular one. I have to like say that. they have never um, had candy when I've done these races. So I think that could be because I've been further back. I've never seen candy. So if you are toward the back of the races, don't count yes. on that. Just a tip. I never, <laughs> I never trust Run Disney for my nutritional needs, whether that has to do with on course or for recovery. Because another thing to consider is when you get those sports boxes, there's hardly any protein in it. Um, I, they used to have like those little builder bars in them that did have some protein and I, we haven't seen them in about a year. So 
not only do you want to make sure you have your proper nutrition beforehand and bring it with you on the race, because last year, apparently, um, someone told us on Instagram that they ran out of bananas too during one of the stations. So, uh, but you also want to have your own um, recovery, what you've been used to. You know, for me, it's a protein bar. I love the pure, pure protein bars. They go down well and they don't make me nauseous. So, anyway, <laughs> I tell you, I get chatty about food, don't I? <laughs> All right, so his next question is, do you ever bring a bag for a bag check? I don't. I the do. only time I did was for the after party um, when we had it at Wine and Dine, but other than that, I don't. I don't like to check a bag. I don't feel the need to. There's one more thing to worry about. I don't always, but I, I do, and I, I will, because for the full, just because I like to um, have an extra battery for my phone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get chilled. I mean, a lot will depend on the weather. So, but you know, it's, you know, you get chilled if you're going to stay around waiting or waiting for somebody. So I like to have a sweatshirt or something to throw on. Yeah. I used to think like when I, my first couple races, I didn't do bag check because I thought it would be this big pain and it's, it's not, it's, it's super breezy, super easy for the half and full. You'll most likely have to go through the bag check shoots to get your, to your corral. Um, just one tip is to make sure, like, if you want to save time, have the bag tied off at the top rather than just loose um, before you get there because they will want that done. Um, another thing that um, I bring, besides what Jackie says, like a charger, um, an outfit to, to wear if it's chilly afterwards because I get chills very easily, um, I also bring a small drawstring backpack because toting things around in those plastic run Disney drawstring bags are a pain in the butt. The straps always dig into your shoulder. So then after the race, while we're getting character photos or hanging out or drinking a beer, which is what I'll be doing, and Rob, <laughs> Jackie will be joining us in spirit. I'll put everything <laughs> in the drawstring bag, and it's a lot easier. Oh, and, and why, speaking of beer, if you do plan on enjoying an alcoholic beverage afterwards, make sure you bring your license with you. Because last year, this girl wasn't going to, or 2006, 16, this girl was not going to serve me a beer because I didn't pull my license out, which I do have a youthful spirit, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> There's no question of my age. And she was insistent. She was doing her job. I, I can't criticize her. So I did have to dig through for my license, but keep that in mind. And do they still, Laura, do they still do the discounted beers if you have the mug from Wide World of Sports? Asked, I asked because I mean, on uh, the souvenir mugs before, I did say for that day, and I've always been sure to ask. But yes, I've always got a discounted price when I brought back the you know souvenir mug or glass, whatever you want to call it, from, that I purchased at the expo. So bring it. Okay, are we good? I think so. Yeah, I think we uh, we did a good job answering the last question. So let's move on to. Evans, uh, last one, and that is, um, is a hydro pack needed for the half or full? I say no. I say no. Um, I say no. The first time I did the marathon, I had a belt that had like four bottles in it. And it was a pain in the neck. I, I regretted bringing it the moment we started running. And I've run with them before. I don't run with them anymore, and I now run with a, a back, uh, like a camel back, uh, during my training runs. But for the races themselves, you don't need them. There's more than enough water stops. Uh, plenty of fluid options, and it's just one again, one less thing to worry about. That being said, if it's something that you're used to, it's a if it's a comfort for you, 
if you've incorporated in your train and, and you, you would feel off without it, definitely wear it. Our friend Jenny wore it for both full marathons because, you know, it's what she's used to. Also, if you um, aren't a fan of Powerade, you know, you, want, you might want to bring some Gatorade or some Nun Tab so you can get your hydration in at all the stops. But I, I definitely feel like they had more, where we were actually passing some, Yeah. you know, so, yep. so there you go. That's our thoughts about that. So, okay, this um, question by uh, Meredith Capron, she asked it on YouTube. It's really not, you know, uh, dopey related, but it can be a little bit fun. It's something that we've talked about before, and that is uh, she would like to know any Disney World dining recommendations. So I thought we'd have some fun, and rather than answering, see if we can guess each other's favorite place to eat after a big race. I'm confident that I know you guys, and I think you know mine, too. Well, then go ahead. <laughs> All right. Jack, I'm going to say Rob. I'm going to say what I think of Rob's. Why don't we say it at the same time? Okay. Count of three. One, right. One two, two, three. three. Lacellier. Yeah. Lacellier, <laughs> right? Hard, hard reservation to get. It's not always an easy one to get, but if you can get it, it's, it's like the perfect after-race meal steak and um, mashed potatoes, all that good stuff that and really good steak. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and they have a, um, they do poutine there. So like they have the fries with the, um, the gravy and the, you know, the cheese curds and everything like that, which is just, it's really, really good. I love it. Nice. All right, Rob, you want to, you want to take on Jackie's count of three? Jackie's? Jackie's. Besides, besides McDonald's. Besides, <laughs> besides Buffalo wings, because they're usually a pre-race must have for yeah. you. All right, one, two, three. Vianapoli? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've only had it after the one race, which was what we got our way. We're getting what we want. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm good with it. Yours is a harder one. Okay. Really good pizza. I know people say, well, it's pizza. Yeah, very good. I had never been there before. And after we went to, I think it was it, Wine and Dine and Disneyland. Disneyland has a restaurant similar. I was like, this it's is the best awesome. Pizza. So good. And yeah, then you can get a big old draft beer. That's yeah. oh, so good. Now, Laura. All right, guys. See if you can guess mine here. I, I'm going to say. Are we talking sit down? Sit down, yes. Definitely sit down? Yes, definitely sit down. I know yours. I just thought of it. I think. All right. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. Absolutely. Ohana? All right. I've never done that with you, but I remember. I just it's our that. princess. We've done it for the past five years for the Princess Half Marathon. We're doing it again in 2018. Uh, one word, pot stickers. Or is that two words? Whatever. They're delicious. <laughs> so I must get my pot stickers. Okay. Thank you, Meredith, for watching our videos and for the great question. So, guys, that's it. Unless right. you guys have seen any other questions floating around, or is there something that you have on your mind you wanted to, to share while we're doing this Q&A? No, I'm just anxious for it to be here. Yeah. It's cold. I did want to cold. send out a, a quick thank you to um, those who have emailed me privately um, about their own struggles with an eating disorder. I know it's a tough topic to talk about. Maybe we'll take it on in a future podcast next year. Uh, but, you know, whether you do it privately or, or publicly, it takes a lot of bravery to open up. So I really appreciate those um, who did so. Also, I've been having um, a lot of people contact me about their own issue with partial plantar plate tears or full ones because it's not 
a very common um, injury and there's very little online about it as far as personal experiences. So I have been answering them privately. I want to say this though, because I, one girl I've been, you know, emailing her, her doctor gave her a cortisone shot and really jacked her foot up. So if you ever go to a doctor with a foot injury and one of their first courses of remedy is to give you a cortisone shot, unless you have accurate diagnosis, say no. Um, for partial plantar plate tears in specific, specifically that do affect your metatarsal joint, that is a very dated type of treatment. No good doctor does that anymore because it can lead to your ligament rupturing, which is what happened to her which put her straight on the surgery table. So, and I kind of want to throw that out. It was on my mind just, just in case. So say no to drugs, at <laughs> least a cortisone shot. Okay. I mean, it is, it is, it does help with some foot uh, injuries. I don't want to mention them in case I mess them up, but until you get that MRI, you don't know for sure whether you have a partial plantar tear. So oh, I also want to, um, sorry guys, I'm going on a little tangent here. Um, I also want to throw out uh, that Heather Jurgensen on the Running with Grace channel has done some videos on the event guide for Marathon Weekend that are killer. Uh, she does a great job. We we should consider hating her. I think <laughs> I don't know. No, she's, she's so darn nice. She really is. But no, she did a great job with that. I have no problem with that. <laughs> also, with um, I'm obviously teasing. If I really yes, meant it, I would not kidding. say that loud. I would say it behind <laughs> her back. <laughs> That was a joke too. Um, also, just a, a quick reminder that if you are going to post any jump shots from Marathon Weekend, please use the hashtag Joyful Jump Shots so we can see it and give you a repost. We would love to see them. All right. Also, I want to throw out there Marathon Weekend, we do plan on having a Joyful Miles meetup. Um, right now, we're tentatively having it on Friday at around four o'clock. We will. Um, give more details if anything has changed. We're, we'll post it on Instagram, Twitter, um, our Facebook group. But um, if, if you're in the process of making plans and you want to join us, and um, hopefully we get to meet you guys. And we will be doing that, I think, at the boardwalk. Is that correct? Boardwalk. It's going to be a joint meetup. Yeah. With, uh, yeah, it'll be a joint meetup with Heather Jerkinson and Gerald from Res Runs. And we're also going to, like, this isn't anything structured, but after the full, we hang out at the lounge chairs. We wait until, you know, the last runners come in. So if you finish the full and you want to come over and say hello, we'd love to meet you then As long as, as it's well. not, like, ridiculously raining and, you know, yeah. <laughs> weather permitting. Weather permitting. I'm going to say weather permitting, which most people probably won't say if it's ridiculously horrible out. After doing Broad Street, I will always throw that out there. Yes. Um, right. And if you're not super familiar with Disney, um, you're wanting Boardwalk, you can actually get there from Hollywood Studios or you can get there from Epcot. You can walk there. So if you can leave the International Gateway around World Showcase and you can walk to the Boardwalk area or, um, you know, or take a bus to the Boardwalk Resorts or Uber or minivan. But, um, take the bus to the studios anyway. and walk over. Yep. Not too Definitely bad. Some way. So we'd love to meet you. So hopefully we'll see you guys. And again, stay tuned for any more details about that. Just a heads up. Absolutely. We'll be posted on the blog too. And speaking of the blog, I totally forgot. I didn't write it down. We had a question some time ago. Someone was asking about really great spots to spectate during Marathon Weekend. 
none of us have had experience doing that, um, but our friend Stephen, again, has done so. So he wrote up a great blog post that we shared yesterday that gives a total lowdown and his favorite spots and his secret spot, too, for uh, spectating okay and sharing. Pardon? Is he okay with us posting this, blowing up oh, his yeah, spot absolutely. here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. He knows. Yeah. He wrote it. He wrote it. I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> and he shared his secret spot in the blog post. So go, Rob will put the, sh the link in the show notes. Go check it out. And thanks in advance to anyone who does cheer throughout Marathon Weekend. We truly appreciate it. Definitely appreciate Stephen's input there. Cool. All right. So I think that wraps it up for this week. Uh, I want to always thank you for listening. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. And if you have an op opportunity, leave us a review. Those things certainly help. Uh, we've got a bunch of nice reviews that we like. And if you leave us one, we'll read it on the air. Good or bad, I promise. Um, so for Jackie, Laura, and myself, want to thank you for listening. Have a joyful week, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Take care, everybody. All right, so to do I am not <laughs> reading a bad review on the air. Why not? <laughs> I think that would be funny. Yes. <laughs> Actually, that would be funny. What I the rug. It's like when they read the bad tweets, like, you suck, yeah, exactly you're a piece of crap. Anger tweets. Yeah, that'll be our version of it. We'll make the best of it. Angry. Everyone will start sending us, like, really bad ones. So we, saw, we put them on the air. Perhaps we should cut that part. <laughs> <laughs>